At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. It is November. Can't believe it. Week 11 of the college football season is upon us. We're full in the midst of Maction alongside Adam Burke at Skating Tripods on Twitter. I am Tim Murray. Adam, I didn't feel like I was going to start the podcast this way, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to apologize because I'm getting my teeth kicked in on the Thursday podcast, and it's uh, it's an ebb and flow. And you know, you go back, you check the tape, like you are a like you're a coach. I look back at the bets that I gave out on Thursday's podcast. By the way, thank you to Matt Humans, who is uh, carrying the water. He is now. 13 and 6 over the last 2 weeks and I am 3 and 9. Arkansas plus 6. That came home, Adam. Felt good about that one. They won in overtime. All right. Good. USC plus 3. Yeah, not so much. Iowa State money line. Nope. Notre Dame Clemson under 45. Also, I knew Clemson was the right side, but I just didn't want to bet it. And then Boise plus 3 was the very nice subtle kick to the fellas as I thought we were going to get a push and then they decided to break a 60 yard touchdown run late in that game when it was totally unnecessary. So a one in four week that sucked. Um, and then I looked at my sheet and I, sh- I showed uh, people in studio today underneath my sheet. It said lean Arizona plus three, Kansas state plus four and a half. So, Oh man. I, and here's the thing, Adam, cause you go back, you look at them and I'm like, I don't, 
I don't think I would change any of those bets. I think I would have rolled rolled with them. Maybe not trusting the Grinch who stole defense. Probably a smart move. And uh, and surprisingly, you know, because it was what three weeks ago that Lincoln Riley came out and said Alex Grinch wasn't the problem. Stunner, he got fired today. No, oh, did he really? I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess I just kind of assumed that it was going to happen at some point. So I guess that I didn't really notice. Is so terrible. It is it's wild how bad that defense is. And I've bet on him twice since the Notre Dame game. Like an idiot. <laughs> well, let's just hope that that defense continues to be incredibly awful yes. with what's at stake for us here with Bo Nix taking on USC. Uh, look, I will say this while we're while we're talking about great bets that we had last week, which is a great selling point for the podcast, by the way. <laughs> At least you didn't bet on Arizona State like I did. That was fun. Yeah, that one felt uh, uh, just it, it felt like, you know, I was all on an Arizona State two weeks ago, you know, forks up. And I, I said, I think I claim that they're the best one in six team in the history of college football. And they won outright against what what proved to be just. Like what? I know we're going to get to your power ratings here momentarily, and we're just kind of, you know, throwing it out there. What has happened with Washington State? This team was 13th in the country. And Adam, I bet UCLA minus the three on this podcast. And I got, not by humans, because I think he was on it too, but like I got ridiculed by some. How could you take UCLA? Washington State is... Cam Ward, they just beat Oregon State. I'm like, yeah, I know. The line's telling me, though, that UCLA is probably the right side. And now they're four and five. They're a road dog at Cal. And they're probably going to miss a bowl game based off of the odds. If they don't beat Cal, they're toast because they play Washington to close the year. What a wild turn of events for Washington State a once upon a time top 15 team that they might now miss a bowl game. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. When you look at Cam Ward, 13 to nothing touchdown interception ratio through that win over Oregon State. In his last five games here, all of them they've lost. Four to four touchdown interception ratio. And he's been sacked 17 times in the last five games. So, Seems like everything's just kind of falling apart here for Washington State. I don't know if maybe this is a Jake Dickert issue or the head coach. I mean, you know, a lot of people were kind of wondering if he really was the guy for the job. The players supported him. They were very much behind him. They were very excited when he got the job full time. But they've completely fallen apart here in the middle of the season, as you mentioned. And, and honestly, Tim, I mean, we've kind of talked about this a little bit. You got the really good teams and you got the really bad teams and everything else in between feels incredibly interchangeable because – yeah, you know, I joke about the transitive property of college football, but there are games where it's like they lost. How did the hell did they lose to that team? Or how the hell did they beat that team? And then all of a sudden, that team that they beat goes out and beats somebody else. You're like, man, that win looks really good. Then the week later, that team loses to somebody they shouldn't. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what you know that win meant. It's I have done so much pinballing back and forth with my power ratings this season that it's making my head spin. Honestly, like. I was happy today for college basketball season to start. And then I had a total that won by two points and a side that lost by two points. And I went, Oh yeah, this is fun too. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, 
I went one and one to start the college basketball season just because I felt like I needed action. Um, I bet an under that did not. I got to stop betting totals. I, I'm not a totals guy, and I, I messed with the total in college basketball. It didn't come home. And then I faded Louisville, which, uh, you know, that's a smart move because uh, UMBC probably should have beat Louisville in college hoops. By the way, speaking of college hoops, transition to college football, uh, James Madison, apparently a best, best athletic uh, program ever because not only is their football program a wagon and doesn't get beaten and covers against everybody, uh, their basketball team went to Michigan State, a team probably one of the best top you know, three, four teams in the country, and one is a 16-and-a-half point underdog. Are you going to tell me this week is a good spot for UConn <laughs> against James Madison? <laughs> no, I am not. I am not. Well, you know what? James Madison would beat Michigan State in football, too, and, oh. and probably do so handily. They would be a favorite by how much? By the way, oh. speaking of Michigan State, they beat Nebraska this past week. Uh, yeah, it, this is a – it's not – look, this isn't 2007, you know, like – what's up is down because I, I think we know who the good teams are. There's at least six of them or seven of them, right? Georgia's good. Michigan's good. Florida state's going to go undefeated more than likely. Ohio state's got a really good defense at worst. They'll have one loss. Oregon's good. Washington's good. Alabama's good. Like I I think it's fair to say, and Texas, if you want to throw them in surviving Kansas state, but like, to your point, like, is Oklahoma good? Uh, look, Notre Dame, are they good? I don't know. Their defense, is Ole Miss good? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll find out this weekend, you know? Like, if you want to go down in the group of five, like, okay, James Madison seems pretty good. Is Tulane good? They just needed a late touchdown to beat East Carolina. You know, they Who's beat, very bad. Who's terrible. Like, they're one and eight. So... I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a wild thing. We're, we're going to hit on your power ratings on the other side of the break, but I want to I want to run through a couple things because we started off this show once again very positively. How smart we are! <laughs> By the way, James Madison fourteen and a half point favorite against Michigan State on a neutral. Wow, that's wild. Um, title odds. Michigan's the consensus favorite. Should they be? Mm, uh, sure. Why not? I mean, they're favored over Ohio State, and that's, of course, assuming that they don't get like a postseason ban or Is something. Is Michigan the consensus favorite because they only really have to beat Ohio State? And Georgia has a couple landmines, potentially. Ole Miss is out there, Tennessee, and then they got to beat Bama. Like, I, I'm just... Michigan is very interesting case because they've pummeled everybody, right? They they have not left doubt really with any team that they've played. They have destroyed everybody. But they have what's their what's their strength of schedule? Uh, I think Sagarin is seventy one. Jesus. There are two teams in the top twenty five that have not played a top thirty Sagarin team. North Carolina is one, Michigan's the other. That's wild. And, and look, they play one this week. Hey, they weekend. play one this week. They By the way, Penn- Sagarin has Penn State fifth in the country, which is way too high. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. They have can he has Kansas State eight. Yeah. With three losses. Which, you know, which is why like my power ratings have been lacking on Kansas State all season long. And I think Sagarin still has 
I don't know. I, w- I want to call it influence, but I think, you know, for any sports books that kind of crowdsource the, you know, different ratings sites and individuals that are out there, I've been low on Kansas State basically all year because I just, I mean, I have them 10th now just to respect the market, but I, I don't view them as a top 10 team. I mean, look, this isn't, uh, I'm not a Jeff Sagarin hater. I think he's, I think his system's pretty solid. He has Washington 14th. Yeah. And I think Washington's flawed, but I'll be honest. I bet against Washington this past weekend. I, I thought that was a good spot for USC. And I, I'm going to give Washington credit, man. They they don't have a run game, and they ran for, what, 250 yards with their backup running back? Like, to me, that was – to me, that told me something. And I don't know if Washington's going to lose in two weeks in prime time to Oregon State. I'm certainly hoping so because I have an Oregon State over – eight win ticket and I don't think it's going to get there unless they win that game but yeah I'm looking at it right now it's 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 kind of a interesting rating system where Notre Dame's not the 13th best team in the country I mean their defense is top 10 I think but their offense stinks offense coordinator stinks playmakers stink um Texas A&M 16th with four losses uh, I mean when are we going to stop with that just stop. And Jimbo apparently is going to be back next year. Um, because he's owed like $900 million in a buyout. Hey, man, Mark Davis figured out a way to pony up $85 million to get rid of the coaching staff for the Raiders, and it worked out. Zant- Honestly, is, just win. is there a better job in the country than being a fired head coach? No, absolutely It's unbelievable. Not. It's not. It's great. I mean, Josh McDaniels is going to get a boatload of money to be canned. That's what I'm saying, man. He got, I mean, good Lord knows how much money he got. But... Let me run through the futures market in a couple things real quick and just anything pique your interest. So what was it two weeks ago? I think two weeks ago is when I said I took an Alabama ticket at 14 to one Alabama's down to, you can get as high as nine at DraftKings, as low as six. Do you think out the problem with Alabama is they have no margin of error. They have to win the sec. They, we have yet to see a two-loss team, especially a two-loss non-conference champion. They have to beat Georgia. But I'll tell you what, man, Saturday night, that was impressive. Like, the defense was a li- could be had a little bit, but that's an LSU offense that, in my opinion, is a top, what, three, four offense? And Jalen Milrow is playing really well. And he and Tommy Reese accentuated his, his positives. That Alabama team, it feels like they're hitting their stride at the right time. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, I in realize I'm looking at my power ratings here and realizing that my number is bad right now on that game. I'd have Georgia minus five and a half. That's too high. Georgia is actually a team that I've been too high on here lately. And I do notice looking at Sagarin again, just kind of using that as an example, Alabama would be favored on a neutral over Georgia. And that's potentially not wrong. I mean, I my power ratings, I've not adjusted quickly enough to Georgia, I guess, just because it's kind of the Michigan theory, right? I mean, we finally saw Georgia play somebody against Missouri, and it wasn't a good look. I mean, depending on the stats that you use, I know Parker Fleming's stats of war, you know, kind of pointed to the fact that Missouri probably should have won that game based on, you know, the success rate, the net success rate of both teams in that game. I probably haven't downgraded Georgia enough, but like, you don't know until you know, right? You don't know until a team has a chance to get exposed. Like, what does Michigan do this week against Penn State? I don't think Penn State's any good. Sagarin does. 
My lines, I think, what, five and a half, something like that for that game. I just, you try to give a team the benefit of the doubt until they get challenged. And Georgia just hasn't been challenged yet. And then they did by Missouri, and they didn't look very good. Will Michigan go the same way? It's possible. And then I won't really know what to do, to be honest with you, with those two teams. I mean, Georgia has has faced their stiffest competition at home, right? They played Kentucky at home. They smoked them. Terrible matchup for Kentucky, too. Yeah, I mean, that was a bet that I I made on the on the pod here. Um, you know, they struggled with South Carolina, who's a bad team that what barely beat Jacksonville State um, this past weekend. So, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss maybe Ole Miss gives them a a, a challenge, but. I, I don't necessarily see it, but but we'll see. I mean, that's the interesting thing about this year is, you know, looking at the futures market right now, you know, Georgia is around, let's just say, we'll, we'll talk about the peaks. Plus 275 on Georgia's the, the peak. Michigan's plus 240. Florida State plus 650. How good is Florida State? I think... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Well, I mean, let's they, put it this they way. They beat LSU. They beat... But let's be honest, and you could do you could poke holes in pretty much everybody this year in college football. Florida State should have lost to Clemson. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shit, they should have lost to Boston College. And I had Clemson, and I'm pretty pretty excited that I lost that bet. But let me ask you this: Would would you take Florida State? I mean, I'm, I don't. I mean, I have the numbers in front of me, at least based on my power ratings. But are you going to want to bet Florida State against Michigan? No. Or want to bet Florida State against Georgia? No. Would you want to bet Florida State against Ohio State? Mm, maybe. Against Alabama? No. Against Oregon? No. Against Washington? Maybe. Texas? I don't know. So, like, that's the thing. I mean, Michigan. one of Michigan or Ohio State will be in the playoff. One or more of Georgia and Alabama will be in the playoff, depending on kind of how all this shakes if out. If Bama beats Georgia, are they both getting in? God, I so, hope not. So Ralph Russo does this exercise all the time, and I love it. So let's let's do the exercise here on the podcast. Let's do all right. Michigan, Ohio State, that whoever that they're one's getting in, one's, one's getting in. Out. Yeah, right. one's in. All right. So let's do and Florida State's running the table. How how about this? That I think this is fascinating. We'll just do Michigan for example. It doesn't matter. One of the Big Ten teams. Michigan or Ohio State's undefeated. Florida State's undefeated. Texas has one loss, Big 12 champion. Washington's undefeated. Alabama wins the SEC. Who gets left out? Georgia gets left out. Uh, they're not even in the equation. Right. Florida State, undefeated. Okay. Michigan, undefeated. Yep. Washington, undefeated. Yeah. Texas twelve and one, Alabama twelve and one. Oh, Alabama gets in without question. They lost to Texas at home. I don't think it matters. The SEC bias. But, I, but, I don't but think what are we? I mean, if that happens, like what? It, it's the ultimate. What are we doing here? Because Texas played Alabama on their home field and kicked their ass. Sure, but you can't. You can't do that. You just. You can't. Then. Then games mean nothing. Well, they don't have to worry about the games mean nothing argument because the playoff is expanding next year. So they don't really. I don't think that'll happen. I, I don't. I, I think Oregon will will beat Washington. Something weird will happen. But 
there's a realistic shot the SEC champion should be left out, which is almost never like look, Georgia goes undefeated, they're in. And and their their resume is getting stronger because they just beat Missouri. They're gonna play Ole Miss, they're gonna play Tennessee, they're gonna play three top twenty five teams. But if Alabama and Texas are the only one loss teams vying for the fourth and final spot, and Texas literally went to Alabama and beat them by double digits, how can you be a legitimate committee and say Alabama should be in over Texas? Well, we know there's recency bias too, right? So they're going to go, well, look at how Oklahoma finished the year. Or look at, well, I mean, I guess if it's Oklahoma State, then it's a really interesting argument, right? Because Oklahoma State is playing at a remarkably high level right now. So if Texas beats Oklahoma State, who you know has the win over Oklahoma, they've kind of been running it through here, and, and they should win out. I mean, UCF, Houston, BYU, all newcomers who have looked overmatched for the most part in Big 12 play. Texas and Oklahoma State, I mean, is does that move the needle enough conference championship weekend compared to Alabama beating Georgia? But once again, it comes back to the, the committee always says, you got to test yourself, do all this shit. And then they literally went to Tuscaloosa, handed Nick Saban, I believe his worst home loss ever. Sure. But Georgia's lost one game in the last I know. three seasons. But I, so I don't, I don't think the head to head result would matter as much in the eyes of the committee. Which I, I agree with your overall point. It's like, well, then what the hell are we doing here? Why play football games? It's like it's like last year when Saban, you know, and, and look, we get into this too as as a gambling network, as gamblers ourselves, where this team is power rated over this team, and you know they should, you know, they're better. But at some point, games have to matter. And if you actually played each other, and I, we're getting into a discussion, it's I, we're getting into minutia here doesn't really matter it's just it's interesting when you look at it all playing out um well i think you have your you have your answer right alabama's eight to one and texas is 15 to one so that's what the committee is going to do here's the interesting thing too is the pac-12 has historically gotten screwed every single year and now screwed's not the right word because they've they've screwed themselves right they've they've cannibalized themselves but let's play the same exercise florida state Michigan or Ohio State, they're both in undefeated. No no brainer. Texas, one loss, but they've beaten Alabama. Alabama beats Georgia. Oregon probably gets left out at 12-1, and one, despite being in arguably the best conference in college football. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, so the, does it come down to a question of money at that point? Like Oregon, you've got, you know, the big Nike thing and all that. I mean, where, where does the pressure come from, right? I mean, Texas is in, you know, the, the biggest state for football. You're not leaving out Texas. You're not leaving out Texas and Alabama in that mm-hmm. spot. Pac-12 is going to die, so they don't care about pleasing the Pac-12. They've screwed the Pac-12 over year after year. I think if that scenario came about, I think Oregon would be left out. But hopefully... Hey, as long as Bo Nix wins the Heisman, I don't that's care. That's all that matters. Our guy Bo Nix, by the way, the ticket that we got from William Hill Caesars... 30 to 1 three weeks ago? Two weeks Sounds ago? Right. Three weeks ago? Down to plus 180. Now, he's as high yeah. as plus 225 at Circa, but he's doing what we asked him to do, and now he gets to light up USC. I wish it wasn't 
Pac-12 after dark. I mean, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just going to sit back and watch every second of our guy Bodacious. Hopefully, light up that secondary, the Grinchless secondary. Um, but you know, you're an Ohio State guy. Here's the interesting thing: Marvin Harrison Jr. and I talked about this last week with you. At circa, he's plus nine fifty, but he's as high as eighteen to one at DraftKings, and everybody keeps talking him up for Heisman. He shouldn't even win the Bolitnikov. Malik Neighbors' numbers are better than his. Luther Burden's numbers are better than his. He had four catches on Saturday against Rutgers for twenty-five yards. He had three catches and thirty-two yards against Notre Dame. I, I don't get it. He's awesome, but I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably be the best NFLer out of the crop, but that's no not doubt. what that's, the award is for. Right, so. no doubt. He's awesome. Like, he should be the top non-quarterback selected in the draft. But it, it it's almost like there's this propping up both a he and J.J. McCarthy because the most watched regular season game is yet to happen, which w- could be one versus two or two versus three, however it, it plays out. J.J. McCarthy and, and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. right now on November 6th, as we record this, should not be in the top four of Heisman. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, look, you know, for Marvin Harrison, I mean, you can say what you want about Kyle McCord and how he's played and how he's missed some throws. The reality of it is, I mean, his usage isn't even high enough. I guess his usage in the past game is high enough relative to how often Ohio State actually throws the ball. But, I mean, it's it's been Travion Henderson who's, you know, really been the the big guy for them here over the last couple of weeks. Look, if Harrison goes out there and has a monstrous game against Michigan, it will be interesting to see what that discussion becomes. But, no, he, like you say, he's not even the best wide receiver in the country. But is he the most valuable player to his individual team? You could argue that among skill players, but that's not what the award is for. Malik Neighbors leads the nation in receiving yards with 1,152. He has as many touchdowns as Marvin Harrison Jr. He has 14 more receptions. He has over 200 more receiving yards. Like, What are we well, doing? To be fair, you have to play a lot more when your defense is awful. So there <laughs> that's is that. true. That is true. But like, you watch the Alabama game, and it's like, who is Jaden Daniels throwing to? Oh, that's Malik Neighbors. So, I mean, Ohio State's 94th in the country in number of offensive plays run because Ryan Day is boring. Yeah, you can't blindly just take numbers, but I don't know. I mean, he had four catches for 25 yards against Rutgers in a game they were life and death with Rutgers, who somehow they covered. That was impressive. But also, like, it's... It's hysterical to me how far down the board Jane Daniels is with the season he's having. He's awesome. He's so good. And he deserves he deserves to be the Heisman favorite and he won't win it because they have three losses and it's out of sight, out of mind. And you know, I don't know, did he, you know, the concussion situation, you know, is he gonna play this week? But I mean, you look at his numbers are just he's ridiculous. He's so talented. And it's just, I, it's crazy to think I was a sideline reporter for the Arizona State, Wisconsin, Las Vegas Bowl. And he was just kind of like, eh, 
No one really thought it was a shrug of the shoulders. Arizona State players celebrated when he left. And this dude is special, man. He is he is awesome. He had 163 rushing yards against that defense on Saturday night on the road. Totally random discussion, not relevant to our show at all. So we can take a break and come back to the power ratings. But <laughs> who's going to be the best NFL quarterback of this group? I think Caleb will. You think so? I, I just, I, he's he's got something there. But, I mean, look, a lot of people who know more than I do, because I'm just some jabroni, they really like Drake May. They, they really think Drake May will be the guy. I mean, Dane Brugler, in his most recent rankings, had Drake May one, Marvin Harrison two, Caleb Williams three. Can Jaden Daniels be a dude in the NFL? I would say in this NFL, I think he could be good. I mean, he's not, he's 6'4". He's not Kyler Murray. Right. You know, he's a big dude. I He's a way more accomplished college quarterback than, say, Anthony Richardson, too. He should be a first-round pick, and I bet you he will be. I mean, he's six foot four. He's completing 72% of his passes, and he's rushed for 684 yards. It's too bad the Browns have a $64 million cap hit on Deshaun Watson for the next three years. They could do something with Jaden Daniels. It is interesting. Yeah, I think Jaden Daniels, he might be one of those guys who flies up boards. You know, it might be Probably. much, much higher uh, than we expected. All right, let's take a break. We've rambled on a lot here uh, on, on this portion. we got to get to Ad, uh, Adam's power ratings and uh, a little weekday magic. And uh, I do have a bet already in the hopper. I'll give it out here on this show as well. All right, we're coming back after these messages. It is the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but 
But I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, They want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. All right, we're back. Let's get to some power ratings. As always, you can check these out, vcin.com. And uh, each and every Sunday, Adam will put up his updated power ratings. Uh, if you're wondering, Kent State, 133, Akron, 132. So a lot of uh, love for the Mac, the Zips. Uh, by the way, shout out to the Zips. Hell of a win for the Hoop Squad. Out Beat South Dakota State. That's a big win, man. Mac preseason favorites beating the Summit preseason favorites. Not to hijack this again, but uh, <laughs> by the way, go Zips, my alma mater. South Dakota State is 34th in the country in Sagarin's college football rankings, by the way. They are a wagon at the FCS level. What an an incredible athletic department for them. Like, it's great. North Dakota State, South Dakota State, like, their athletics are insanely good. Maybe maybe with all these conferences falling apart, they'll have to come over to FBS at some point. Maybe we'll get uh, Oregon State, Washington State, South Dakota State, North Dakota State conference. And then go. North Dakota State will go undefeated and will be ineligible to go to a bowl game for two years because <laughs> that's the way the world works. All right. We feeling positive or negative here, Adam? We're negative. All right. Negative. <laughs> You've heard the man. Stock down. All right. Let me see here. Who do we want to talk about first? Um, There aren't a whole lot of big movers. What the hell happened to Air Force? I, I don't know. What? Great question. Is that the most... So Matt Humans has said it on the Thursday pod multiple times. And I, for the most part, I kind of agree with this. He said the most surprising result of the college football season was Arizona going to Washington State and winning by 38 points. And now that's starting to make more sense because Washington State is a train wreck and Arizona State has now beaten, what, three straight ranked teams? Air Force, Air Force losing 23 to 3 to a pretty bad army team under still hitting too somehow miraculously what the hell happened air force bye-bye new year six for air force i mean that is a horrific loss that is a bad loss six turnovers for air force they were minus six in turnover margin plus for good measure they went over two on fourth down so effectively eight turnovers in that game for Air Force, which is a problem when you're playing a service academy and there's like 12 total possessions in the game. So 
Not a great look there for the Falcons. I dropped them three points in my power ratings. My line was really high last week anyway, although part of it is I just do a raw power rating. I don't adjust for the total. There's no way you'd have a 25-point favorite in a game with a total of like 31. So that was a big reason why my line was so high in that game. But also, maybe I just drank too much of the Air Force Kool-Aid. I wound up dropping them three points in my power ratings. And uh, while we're on the subject... I also dropped Navy three points in my power ratings once again. Oof. Uh, they are not having a good season. No. I I mean, I may or may not have had them in a money line parlay with, I think I was, it was Utah and someone else. They lost, they got, I mean, they got smoked by Temple. That's bad. Outgained by 180 yards by Temple. It was clearly Ken Niamatololo's fault. By the way, Temple was minus four in turnover margin and won the game by two touchdowns. Yeah, they're bad, man. They're bad. It stinks, but they're not very good. Um, Yeah. Another team, I don't know if they're the biggest disappointment. They're not because they're going to make a bowl game this year. Wisconsin's a pretty big disappointment this year. Luke Fickle comes in, and I know they lost Tanner Mordecai. But this team, five and four right now, they're going to make a bowl game. But in a Big Ten West that is just completely mediocre, I really expected more from from Luke Fickle's squad this year. Yeah, I did too. You know, I mean, look, I I think that maybe we should have seen this coming. It's like because a complete the change transition, of shoulder, you know, of yeah, of the, the the transition of what they were doing on offense to go to Phil Longo, which you want a little bit more tempo, you want more of a balanced offense, which is why they brought in a guy like Mordecai. Maybe we should have seen this coming, and the question is going forward. I mean, this defense is still pretty damn good. You know, I mean, they have not had any games. They gave up thirty-one to Washington State in that Week Two game. They haven't given up more than 24 otherwise, and, and that was Ohio State. So the defense is still quite good. So I kind of wonder if maybe we all just got too excited about Wisconsin this year with the Mordecai transfer. Braylon Allen is you know really good running back. I think he'll have some success on Sundays going forward. But I wonder if next year is the year where Wisconsin looks a little bit better. The problem is, of course, the Big Ten gets a hell of a lot stronger next year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I'm still going to believe in Luke Fickle. I think he's a really good coach. What he did at Cincinnati, the pros that they brought in and cultivated, uh, we're all we're all pretty darn impressive. Um, Washington State, I, I tweeted it out today, I, and we talked about it in the open. Like, what has gone on with them? And now you're a home, you're a road dog at Cal, and if you lose that game. You're probably not going to a bowl game, which is just hard to fathom. So uh, what did you uh, do with Washington State? Yeah, two and a half point drop for Wazoo here. As I mentioned, Cam Ward's getting hit a lot. Um, You know, he had 17 touchdown passes in his first four games, and he's been a shell of that player since. So I don't know if he's hurt, maybe. I don't know if, you know, there's just something schematically going on with this team, but two and a half point drop, and they've been pretty consistently dropping here in my power ratings where I had them you know, a top 25 team not that long ago. And that is no longer the case at all. I mean, they're not even a top 50 team for me now. So they've been dropping pretty quickly here. And I will say not a bunch of big drops for me. Bowling Green, Wisconsin, Air Force, Navy, all three-point drops. Washington State, two and a half. That's one of the bigger drops that I had here this week because 
I think at this point, I mean, these teams are what they are. And honestly, it's really just about trying to figure out who's hurt, you know, because we keep getting a lot of these late Friday night, early Saturday morning injury announcements that we didn't even really know about throughout the course of the week, at least not publicly. So not a whole lot of big adjustments for me, but you know, some of the teams that I have been adjusting down, they've continued to go down and Washington state's one of them. Yeah. Thursday was a pretty wild day when we found out right before kickoff of Duke wake forest that Riley Leonard and Henry Belin were out. So they were going to their third string quarterback. I don't know how Duke won that game. That's, miracle work that they won that game and then we found out right around the same time that carter bradley was out for south alabama uh, against troy so thursday was a if you were quick on the uh on the finger you were able to uh, get some pretty good numbers on uh on wake forest and uh troy on thursday night well then what was it friday night then garrett traders out all of a sudden for syracuse that was a, a late announcement too so that's fun. Yeah, that was a sweat. I had uh, I faded Syracuse, and it was not easy. But I think we got there. Um, all right, anything else on uh, stock down? Uh, look, the, the one thing I will say here is it's kind of a tough needle to thread. But take a team like South Alabama, for example. I did drop two points, as you mentioned. I mean, Carter Bradley being out, that was something that you know, it wasn't really expected, but these teams that at this point of the season, you know, they lose to Troy. They don't have any chance really of, of getting back up there in the Sunbelt West division. These teams that have goals coming into the year that are no longer attainable. You wonder how they're going to play going forward because for South Alabama going six and six or seven and five and going to a bowl game, that's not where this program wants to be at this point in time. They want to be competing for conference championships. So South Alabama is a team I lowered two points, for example, just because you start thinking about them and it's like, okay, like now what? You know, Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State. I gave them a two point drop in part because maybe they weren't as good as we all thought they were. But now it's also like, okay, now what? Like, where where do we go from here? Because we still have a chance to get into the Big 12 title game. But now we need a lot of help because of the position that we put ourselves in losing to Oklahoma State and Kansas. So some of these teams I will start downgrading just simply because they're not going to reach the heights that they wanted to reach. And maybe that makes them a play on team when they get to a bowl game and can shake it all off and all of that. But there are some teams that I will downgrade just because they're not where they want to be. TCU, right? They played in the national championship game last year. They probably aren't even making a bowl game this year. So I try to you know kind of account for that in my power ratings as well. All right, we go from the negative to the positive. Stock up. All right, taking a look at some of your movements up and uh, your biggest mover this week, a team that, as we record this on Monday night, we don't know what the rankings will be on Tuesday. I still don't think they'll be ranked by the playoff committee. Their strength of schedule is just flat-out garbage. But I think they might be decent, and that's Liberty. Uh, still undefeated. They will be an undefeated football team, barring some stunning upset. Uh, what did you do with the Flames? Yeah, weird non-conference game this week for Liberty. They take on Old Dominion, member of the Sun Belt. So I started putting my lines together, and, and I was looking at this line, and I was like, um, I'm way shorter than the market on this one. 
So I wound up making an adjustment to Liberty here, and, and I wound up moving them up five points, and my number is still light for what it's worth. That's how far off my line was for the game against Old Dominion, who Ricky Ronnie is actually doing a really good job with the Monarchs this season. They're much better than I thought. But this is one of those where I don't know if I have Old Dominion too high. I don't know if I have Liberty too low. But we talked about it in the open, you know, kind of looking at these teams that haven't really played anybody. Liberty's schedule has been trash. I mean, they have not played anybody good. They've played maybe two teams that'll make a bowl game, maybe three. But there are teams like, you know, Bowling Green who might make a bowl. New Mexico, uh, New Mexico State. State will make a bowl game. You know, Jacksonville State, if if they have the chance to. Like, they've played a bunch of bad teams that, you know, may be bowl eligible just by virtue of playing in bad conferences. So, I don't know. I don't know if I was too low on them or not, but I felt like, okay, if my number's off by this much, I have to make some kind of adjustment. So Liberty got the biggest bump for me here this week of five points. Liberty has uh, Old Dominion, UMass, and UTEP remaining. Those are their final uh, final three games. The, UTEP's the Dana a- Dimmel swan song. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been fired yet somehow, some way. Three and seven, uh, cash the under tickets on that. UMass, by the way, uh, shouts to them for their big win over Merrimack uh, this this weekend. So that was. Do you think the football team plays his own defense too? <laughs> is is their football team uh, <laughs> eligible for postseason play? <laughs> it's been uh, I think a decade and a half since Merrimack has uh, been D one, but still. If not. you get if you get blown out by UMass, you're not eligible for any postseason play. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, taking a look at some other the uh, the other movers here as I. You know, we talked about Army. Uh, you moved them up three points uh, after their performance. Uh, let's hit on Oklahoma State because this team, man, Mike Gundy is, he's a magician. I, I don't know how he does that every year. We always doubt him. And here they are. They're 7-2, and two, and they're going to make the Big 12 championship. Yeah, so like I said, Liberty with a five-point bump. Nobody else went up more than three points, and Oklahoma State went up two and a half for me, where I was right on the number last week pretty much, but you know, you went outright as a six-and-a-half, six, six-and-a-half-point dog. I got to give you some love. I, I don't know, man. Like, Alan Bowman's playing well. Ollie Gordon's suddenly the best running back in the country. Uh, it, it's incredible what Gundy's able to do you know, throughout the course of the season. And, and honestly, you know, it was just a few weeks ago where I was kind of looking at this Oklahoma State program and, you know, Gundy came under some scrutiny from previous players not that long ago. There was some question about his treatment of players. Then you get blown out at home by South Alabama. You lose to Iowa State. And I'm thinking, like, is this guy just kind of lost it? Has he lost the program? Is Are things just going downhill here? Well, apparently not, because they've won five games. They look really good on offense in all five of them. So, Dude figured it out. I don't know what he did, but he figured it out, and he's probably going to wind up playing for a Big 12 championship because, as I mentioned, UCF, Houston, and BYU are what's left on the slate here for the for the Cowboys. So two-and-a-half-point bump for me. Oklahoma State was 10-1 to 1 last week to win the Big 12, down to plus 450 after the win over Oklahoma. And Texas, who holds on against Kansas State, they go from, I think, plus 145-ish to minus 190. So – uh I joked last week on the podcast about the CLV on my Texas to win the Big 12. They withstood it, and uh, Kansas State decided to go for the win on fourth down, and they didn't get it. And now Texas minus 190 to win the conference championship. So uh, feeling better from uh, for where my preseason position on Texas to win the conference sits there. Uh, speaking of Kansas State, you bumped them too. 
Uh, what did you do with the old purple cats? Yeah, I gave Kansas State a little bit of a bump here again, kind of what we talked about earlier, where, you know, it seems like other rating sites just kind of have this team a little bit higher than I do. So gave him a two and a half point bump, also gave Missouri a two and a half point bump for what it's worth uh, after their performance against Georgia. But the market seems to really like and really value Missouri and Kansas State. You know, my line was a little bit higher in the Texas Kansas State game last week. Same thing with Georgia and Missouri. Maybe I just have the top teams rated too high across the board. Maybe that's a possibility, but Kansas State two and a half point bump for me because again, the market loves them and I don't really want to be against them. I mean, they're a team that historically has been really, really good in a dog role. So I don't want to find myself lining up against them too often. So two and a half point bump for Kansas State here. A couple of other teams, Boise State, Utah State, both up three points. Cooper Lega back as the starting quarterback for Utah State. I think that probably helps them going forward. Uh, Three-point bump for Utah because I faded them like a moron. One other team I want to mention here, it was a 59-50 to game between South Florida and Memphis last week. Yeah. 109 points, which is like more than Iowa and Northwestern would score if they played each other all 12 weeks of the season. Byram Brown, I don't know if he's going to stay at South Florida with first-year head coach Alex Golish. If he doesn't, That kid's going to find himself an NIL bag somewhere. 450 total yards of offense for him, 350 throwing, 100 on the ground in that 59-50 loss. But I gave South Florida a three-point bump, largely because of him and because of how he's playing. Make sure you check out Adam's updated power ratings each and every Sunday on vcin.com. When we come back, we'll take a look at some midweek games, some action. An early bet for me, and a couple thoughts on some situational spots as we wrap up the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Haven't mentioned it yet. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Let's keep uh, those positive five-star reviews coming in. Adam, we've got a, a bunch of maction this week. Three games on Tuesday, you might be listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday morning. We also have three games on Wednesday. Uh, I do have a pre uh, a bet already in the hopper, which I'll get to momentarily. But uh, do you want to quickly run through Maction this week and uh, anything jump out to you? Yeah, I will gladly run through it quickly uh, with Maction. <laughs> Some big yep. spreads, man. Some big Miami's spreads. laying eighteen. Toledo's laying eighteen. Woo. Yeah, I mean, Bowling Green's laying almost doubles on the road. Ohio's laying a touchdown on the road. Uh, Northern Illinois being a double-digit favorite over anybody is kind of shocking, but that's what we've got here this week in Maction. So I'll run through all six of them quick here. Ohio and Buffalo, my line has, gives me a little bit of value on Buffalo here. I have a three-and-a-half-point number there. I don't know what the deal is with Ohio. I don't know if they just don't want to use Curtis Rourke's legs coming off the ACL or what, but their offense is very inexplosive this season. Two good defenses, though, like the under in that game there. Uh, Ball State, Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is averaging like seven yards per play, I think, uh, in MAC play here so far, which blew my mind. Rocky Lombardi doing a really, really good job there for that Northern Illinois offense. So they've been moving the football quite well. 7.02 yards per play in conference games. Don't have a bet in that one, uh, but I thought that was an interesting stat to throw out. Central and Western Michigan Mac trophy on the line here. Western three point favorite in that one. Nothing really to say about this game because I don't think either one of these teams are any good. Western Michigan, I have a four and a half point favorite in my numbers, but no consistency from either one. So the only thing I got there is uh, Ohio and Buffalo, like the under showing a little bit of line value towards Buffalo, but uh, I had that last week against Toledo too. And I've been burned. I saw that too much. I feel like I've been burned on the Bulls. Tried to fade Liberty early on in this year. That didn't work out all that well. So, yeah, it has not uh, not worked out well. Um, situational spots. You do a situational article. I should run through Wednesday real oh, quick. Yeah, Wednesday. Sorry. Skipped yeah, over. to. Yeah. Well, how dare I skip over Bowling Green, Kent State? To be fair, the funny thing is when you started with the intro for the podcast, you said Maction. I yawned right as you said it. <laughs> I was like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Eastern Michigan and Toledo. So Toledo maybe should be nine and zero. They lost on a last second field goal to Illinois in the opener. They've won eight straight since, but they beat a bad, bad, bad ball state team by seven. They beat Northern Illinois by two. They beat Miami by four in the game where Brett Gabbert got hurt. I just think 19 points is too many here as bad as Eastern Michigan is. Uh, so I like the Eagles a little bit in that one. Nothing on Bowling Green, Kent State, although I do think for Kent State. So last week, uh, Krishan McCray, their wide receiver, 
huge game. Six catches, 161, and two touchdowns. He fractured, broke something in his ankle. It was ugly. He got carted off. Right when that happened, that game changed on a dime. Freshman having a great year. Kent State's body language just went away. Akron came back and beat them. If I had any trust in Bowling Green whatsoever, I'd lay the number here because Kent State's season is effectively over, losing the wagon wheel game. But I am fading Akron. I'm, I'm laying the huge Miami of Ohio number here. Um, Akron won the wagon wheel. They came back, had a 21-point fourth quarter to do so. They had 175 total yards of offense going into the fourth quarter. They finished with 393. So an out-of-body experience for them. I think Miami holds them to single digits in this game, honestly. I don't think they need to score a ton to cover. Maybe the under is the better play, but I think Miami of Ohio completely rolls Akron here, especially because if Ohio beats Buffalo on Tuesday night and they are favored to do so, then I believe based on tiebreakers, because I've really studied this, I believe based on tiebreakers, Miami of Ohio could win the Mac East on Wednesday mm. night if Ohio beats Buffalo because Miami, Ohio would have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Yeah, right. Could now, be wrong though. Miami four and one, Ohio, Bowling Green, and Buffalo all three and two. Um, you know, shout out to Chuck Martin and his squad there. Uh, they'll be headed to likely the MAC championship. All right, looking at uh, just some situational spots. I'll give you my bet. Uh, I've already taken. Uh, I took one and a half with San Jose State. Um, obviously, there's. Uh, games aren't going to land one. So I think San Jose state will win this game. I just love the situational spot for the Spartans. Uh, this is a team in San Jose state, their schedule. You mentioned Toledo talk about a non-con for a group of five that has been more challenging than what Brent Brennan had his team deal with this year. They open up the season week zero against USC. Then you hosted Oregon state. You had an FCS game against Cal Poly at Toledo, Air Force at Boise State. So they were starting the season just in a brutal spot at one and five. They're now four and five, and they're fighting for bowl eligibility. Final three games, home to Fresno, home to San Diego State at UNLV. They got to win two of those three. They get Fresno State coming off a bye. Fresno State, on the other hand, last two weeks have been dogfights. Uh, they beat UNLV, very fortunate to do so, and then uh, beat Boise State uh, in kind of a, a crazy game where, uh, just a quick aside, I had Boise State plus the three. Uh, Andy Avalos, you're in my doghouse. They scored a touchdown with three seconds to go in the first half to cut the lead to 13-10. to 10. All the momentum in the world is on their side. They kicked off fully, and Malik Sherrod ran it back. 97 yards to go into the half. I'm like, what? How do you not squib that kick? And there's a reason why Boise State fans want Andy Avalos fired. Um, but I think this is a good spot for San Jose State. So I'm going to back Mr. Uh, Coach Brennan, friend of the network in this spot. So that is uh, an early bet for me on the Spartans of San Jose State. Oh, I can't argue it. I mean, my power ratings actually show some value on Fresno State in that one, but that's a team I haven't had power rated all season long correctly. So I don't know, just one of those teams that I don't really have a big feel for. Um, here's one for you. And I thought this team was god awful coming into the season. I thought they were god awful at the start of the season. But I talked about South Alabama and 
I thought this team was going to be really, really good, and they haven't been. Arkansas State's getting 11 here against South Alabama, where I think the Jaguars, I'm not going to say they quit on the season, but their goals are completely unattainable. Coming off that loss to Troy, I know they're on extra prep now, but that's just, that's a deflating game. When when you want to be playing for a conference title, not playing just in hopes of getting to a bowl game. Meanwhile, Arkansas State, Jalen Rayner has played ridiculously well for them. They become bowl eligible for the first time since 2019 with a victory here. They'll have a few shots to do it, but it'd be a dog in every game. So I like Arkansas State here getting 11 against South Alabama. That's a, I guess we'll call it a quasi-situational spot. But I got to ask, Tim, are we uh, are we taking Holy Cross on Saturday against Army? <laughs> yeah, got to. I don't know what the numbers could be, but you know, I mean, look, Holy Cross. Mind you, Holy Good Cross FCS almost beat Boston program. College earlier this year. That's a so- that's a solid FCS program right there. It is, yeah. Um, no, I think we I think we got to. I don't know. I don't know what that number is going to be, but that's a, that's a good that's a good pull there. Uh, is Holy Cross as good as they have been in recent years? Uh, they're what are they here? I actually wrote it down. It looks like Sagarin would have that one about nine for what it's worth. Six and three just just took care of Lehigh last week. Yep. Four and one in Patriot League play. Remember, they should have beaten Boston College, who all of a sudden looks halfway decent. I mean, they've saved Jeff Halfley's job. Should they're gonna go to a bowl game? Yeah. So, I mean, Holy Cross played well in that one. Um, a couple other just uh, situational spots that uh, just a. Uh, I don't know if I could trust TCU, but that's a good spot. Texas coming off of the big win. TCU home game, night game, down to 10. Interesting spot there for uh, for TCU at home. I do wonder, I sometimes wonder how teams respond. Like Kansas State losing in, in overtime to Texas. Are they going to cover the 21? That's a, that's a big number there. Uh, USC. Caleb Williams, you know, crying in the stands, saying that he wants to just cuddle his dog after the game. You know, what's their mindset going up to Eugene this weekend? I think that's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting spot there. How about this one? Oregon State's laying 21 against Stanford. Oregon State next week plays Washington at home, ABC primetime. Stanford's kind of feisty, man. Uh, they they just beat Washington as a 14 and a half point under Washington State as a 14 and a half point underdog. They probably I don't want to say they should have beaten Washington, but they were right there with them. I'm really intrigued to take the 21 with Stanford because Oregon State, they haven't really been all that impressive lately. And that is a massive look ahead spot for the Beavs. It's game day in Corvallis next week. Ooh. Or do they send it to Knoxville for Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, they're doing Georgia Ole Miss this week. And that's right. ABC primetime. I bet you they go to Corvallis. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, if it's undefeated Washington, that, that'll definitely be there. Oh, speaking it makes me of, want to take Stanford more. Speaking of big favorites, I mean. Caesars has 21 and a half, just saying, Oregon State. Can we take the fight in Timmy Chang's with Air Force laying 19 out on the island? Ooh. Or is this one of those where Air Force is just pissed off and just rolls up 500 rushing I get nervous. I get nervous of how Hawaii can stop the run in that one. You're, you're going to play the chase game? 
<laughs> the late well, night chase. I, I already, hey, it only starts 30 minutes after San Jose State, so I'm going to be occupied already with uh, That's true. with with my with my boys out in San Jose State. Um I'll What about uh so Sam Houston State walks off Kennesaw State last week. Bearcats with a K. So so the Bearcats with a K are not going to go winless, but they still don't have an FBS win. They didn't get the cover either. And Louisiana Tech is not very good. Like seven and a half seems like a lot in that game, I think. Even though Sam Houston is not a good football team. Yeah, that's been a team that the market has kind of been a little too bullish on. Um, we can't finish the show without talking about this Oklahoma State UCF line. I was right? just about to mention it. That game is screaming. I, oh man, I really want to take UCF there. I mean, it, that is that is as stinky as a line. You know, last week on on Veasan Primetime, we had uh, Chuck Esposito, odds maker from Stations Casino here in town, on the show, and I asked him what the ticket count was on on Notre Dame Clemson, and he told me it was five to one, and I just dropped my head, understanding it was over. They were going to lose, and they sure sure did. Um, that is going to be the ultimate candy game for the public. Oklahoma State just beat Oklahoma. Big spot. And they're going to UCF, who's sitting there at four and five. I mean, man, that if there's not a line begging you to take the other side, I don't know what there is. I'm just going to stare at it and see what it does this week. Does it touch three? <laughs> Because if it touches three, maybe there's some. But look, there's there's a lot of old adages out in Vegas. One that an odds maker told me: if it's two and a half, the dog's the right side. If it's three and a half, the favorite's the right side. It's not always true. Nothing in gambling is. But my lord, has there ever been not not ever? But is there just a line that is just begging you to lay it with? with Oklahoma State. What are they going to show up in the rankings this week? Are they going to be top 10? I don't know. That's, that's a fair question. Top I mean, 12? here's the thing, though. So this is why I think box score study is really important. UCF beat Cincinnati last week, right? UCF gets their first Big 12 win. Of course, it comes against the team that they used to play in the AAC anyway. Cincinnati had 7.4 yards per play in that game. They had 515 yards of offense. And only scored 26 points. They were minus two in turnovers. So like UCF won. They didn't win the box score. So if, if the people who look at that, if they go through and look at UCF and Cincinnati, they're going to look at this line and go, what the hell? So I'm going to be curious to see what happens there. And again, it, it is one of those indicators of like, when does it get to three? Why isn't it at three? Does it get to three? Those will kind of be some of the things that will kind of be your cues, I think, for that game. So here's the thing as we kind of wrap it up here. Two weeks ago, before Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma, I found myself backing Cincinnati, taking the touchdown. What a let, what a look-ahead spot it was for Oklahoma State going into the final bedlam. They put up 45 points, and Ollie Gordon was not stopped. Here's something that might make me just a little bit hesitant to take UCF. 
They are 127th in the country in rush defense. Not great when you're playing Ollie Gordon. 121st in the country in yards per carry allowed. 211.8 yards per game, 5.04 yards per rush. They've allowed 23 rushing touchdowns so far this year. Yikes. But the line's only two and a half. (laughs) The line's only two and a half. Interesting. Very, very interesting there. All right. I think that's going to do it. Anything else, Adam? No, I don't think so. Just as I always like to say, I mean, it's mid-November now. Make sure you're checking the weather before you lock in any side, any total, anything like that. All right. We'll be back on Thursday breaking down the card. Matt Humans will join me in studio. Uh, for Adam Burke at Skating Tripods on Twitter, I am Tim Murray. You can follow me there at one Tim Murray. If you're still listening, thank you as always. Please rate, review, and subscribe. This has been the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.